Good morning, Gooners, to another installment of a Totally Arsenal podcast. I'm your host, Mourne, and my co-host, as always, Aiden. Good morning, guys. Unfortunately, we never got wins, but we still continued our unbeaten streak. For me, what was a very good positive for Saturday was Arsenal, the season was supposed to be a work in progress, playing up against the title challengers, Liverpool, and... We rose to the occasion and actually matched Liverpool strength for strength, organised against Liverpool and we got a point. So I'm happy with that. And it just shows that Unai Emre isn't just hanging around waiting for things to be sorted out. He's sorting it out immediately. Yeah, because, I mean, my uh, take on the game was, I mean, like first 10 minutes was a very cagey affair with the likes of Musti and Holding. You know, I had to stand firm because we knew there was going to be some sort of uh, onslaught at the beginning. Uh, but as the game grew on, <clears throat> you could see in midfield, the confidence grew as well with the likes of Torreira and Xhaka. And yeah. uh, of course, there were like, you know, those little chances that you were getting when, um, uh, what's his name, uh, Aubameyang was getting through on uh, that Trent Alexander-Arnold on that flank. <clears throat> narrowly missing, I think, a couple of chances there at one point. Then, as the game wore on, um, Liverpool hit, which was, of course, a rolled offside, but I mean, many pundits disagree. Yeah. And I, uh, but I, I'm I'm one of the few that actually agree with the linesman, bother, I mean, you know, biasness that people will probably say. But I mean, my take is just, <clears throat> I mean, having played football as well, and, and the way the rules have also evolved, you know, down the years and stuff like that. I, I, I honestly get the fact that, that uh, you know, if you're going to stand dead in your tracks, game, the game is supposed to flow. Yeah. But for me, when you watch, I mean, you don't don't just take my word for it. Like, if you get the chance to watch the, the highlights, even or just the goal, or that, that, that contentious goal, um, when, when Trent, crosses that ball into the Arsenal box. <clears throat> you see Firmino, run, Firmino running from an onside position. He's going to go for the ball. But for me, the minute... I mean, I don't know how other people have learned the game also. But for me, the minute um, Mane is, you know, darting full speed at that ball... Uh, look, he might not have won because I think Firmino won the race there with, with that. We do the two of them. But for me, the minute he's darting towards that ball, he's already... Putting off Leno because I mean Leno's already coming out thinking, okay, I've got now two against one. I'm gonna have to do something because Mustafi already played the offside line to get uh, Mane offside. And yeah. my take, just look, I'm, I'm uh, I, I saw a lot of people are saying, yeah, that should have stood soon. But then for me, uh, for me, it should have only stood if Mane had stood his ground. But for me, he's he yeah. done for that same ball. I mean, like I said, you don't you don't have to just take my word for it. Just watch that goal again. And use your own judgment because he is running full speed. Because if he had not slacked off or something like that, then fine. But I mean, he was actually willing to go for the ball. And I think Firmino probably just gave him a shot. Look, I can get to it first. But I mean, the two of them were there already. So I mean, that was not my take on it. I don't know how your opinion was of that contentious goal. Look, he was technically interfering with play. And that's the rule. The letter of the law states if you are interfering with play... um... It should be deemed offside. But at at the point when I saw it, obviously, maybe I should go back and reanalyze it. At the time, my heart sunk because 
I, I, I thought maybe that that goal would be given actually, like watching yeah, it. Because, look, I, I get it when you because look, that was uh, <clears throat> it happened also so fast. But look, the minute uh, Firmino hits the post and it comes back, rebounds straight to Mane. There, I mean, there's no problem there. But for me, it's just my problem is. That minute that Arnold crosses the ball and he uh, he makes himself active going towards the ball for me that was then offside because you could see that it's almost like in I don't know if it was in the World Cup or the European Championships where uh, FIFA told the officials look don't just make just don't put your flag up you take it uh, like almost like two or three seconds let it run through your head then you put your flag up and I think that was where that little delay came and it, you know it also caused confusion because I think that. Lionsman was also playing that whole thing, you know, in his head, like, you know, could this have gone this way? And I think that is how, how I see it, and that's just probably how that Lionsman saw it as well, the way he gave the call. No, that, that's definitely, uh, I get that. If you, if you, if you maybe you went far, rewind it went back the, before the whole end of the post thing, I think then if you look at it, Mane did actually interfere with. With the with the play and it, it it kind of messed up um, the judgment of Leno as well. Um, and then later on in the game, Leno pulled off also a great save from Van Dijk. But I think I mean if that chance had fallen to I think a forward or any attacking sort of player, I think they would have probably buried it. But I think Van Dijk was just surprised that Leno was closing in on him so quick, so he just smashed the ball into the keeper. I, I think um, chance as well. Yeah? I think you know maybe done a bit better when he headed it over Alice and it just went over wide from the poles. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that's the one point that I also wanted to bring up where <clears throat> both keepers also had you know iffy moments in that first half. Yeah, that we you mentioned now where Victorian added header. I mean I think he had been a bit stronger because I think he almost like allowed himself to be out muscled by Allison there for that where Allison missed the ball completely. And then, of course, on the stroke of halftime, Leno ends up doing the same, ends up wiping out Van Dijk, but not before the Dutchman gets a head-head goal and it smacks the, the post. And I mean, we almost like rode our luck going into halftime because I just thought to myself, please, not again, because I notice sometimes these moments we are also... I mean, it's almost like those little lapses we have where either that, that stroke of halftime, we end up, you know, shipping a goal in. Are you there? That's it. That's it. Sorry, I think it might have been a connection cut out or something like that. Um, yeah. what, what I wanted to mention about is our Arsenal. I know you noticed when we defended, we almost defended like in a 4 4 2, and when we attacked, it was almost like a 2 4 3 1. And I think Granit Xhaka and Lucas Terreira was very influential and important in that in that part aspect of our game. I mean, you know, sometimes when I watch us play, it reminds me a bit of um, when somebody were, like was describing, you know, when Conte was in his prime at Chelsea. Yeah. Where they said, like, you would always see Chelsea will have either five at the back or five in attack because they'd always switch the play like that. So they're, always, they're never going to be outnumbered at the back. They're never going to be outnumbered in front. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not saying it's directly like that, that type of play, but I'm just saying, that is how the, it's set up. Because sometimes you like we mentioned, I think previous podcast where you will sometimes see Torreira even shifting into that back four to make a, like a back five to yeah. shield 
now, whatever. And then, like, with uh, back to the game again, uh, Liverpool took the lead on on sixty one minutes. Uh, also, again, like side laps on the right hand flank pass yeah. with Mane getting a cross in. <clears throat> Leno failed to grasp onto the ball and it fell kindly to Molner to smash the ball home. So, of course, I mean the, the uh, Emery effect was immediate because immediately, I think sometime after the a few minutes after the goal. Mkhitaryan was, you know, very iffy again. Came off. Iwobi came on for him. Aubameyang came on. I'm sorry, came off for Ramsey. And Welbeck came on for Kolasinac, as we know. You know, we went out on to push, trying to get at least a draw or something out of the game. Um, Arsenal in that time, then cranking up the pressure. Death work by Iwobi. Yes, wow. Let's in uh, Lacazette. And I mean the, the French striker perfectly rounds Allison like from a, a cute angle and curls the ball home to equalize, which I mean sent the Emirates ballistic. Because look, what I also liked was throughout the game, again when we went the goal down, the crowd and the, the players the heads didn't drop; they just kept on, kept on, kept on. And and then Danny Welbeck actually was very keen that goal away. He just took the other defender away. I don't think a lot of people maybe took note of that, but. He actually kept the other defender kind of busy by pulling him away from Lacazette in order to get Lacazette to get on through and then, you know, finish off like he did. Um, like, with regard also to that game, um, as much as we press for winner, I mean, you could actually see that, especially the last five minutes, both teams were running on empty. So, a solid draw was, you know, actually... More positive to us because I mean, if you think of in the build up, how people you know criticized us, said we were gonna be on the way to our like you know, a type of hiding, but I mean, we stood firm, we you know, played with our hearts and our sleeves, and I mean, it came out positive. I, I, I don't know if we, we forgot to actually mention credit to Jacques the way he chased down um Salah at the end of the end of the first half with that tackle he did on. Yeah. on uh, like it was inch perfect in the in the box. I mean, like uh, if it like just if as we now wrapping up this game, um, uh, you know the likes of Torreira and him, they were you know really vital to us. You know, just holding on because look, there were times that we were gonna get caught. I mean, we actually stifled a lot of the play in midfield because I mean Torreira gave Fabino yes. zero opportunity because every time the guy. That guy looked up. Torreira was on his ankles, in front of him, behind him, side. So I mean, that guy was almost like pressed for space. And look, Milner, as much as he is a grafter, he's not going to be that you know that creative link to get you out of it. So it's almost like it was not down to the likes of Fabino and 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 some one of the others in midfield to you know somehow make things happen. But you could see we stifled everything. And as the game also progressed, I think also by the second half. That front three that was so lethal of Liverpool were almost like left to, you know, just chase shadows or chase aimless balls being hoofed for. Because, I mean, for me, one of the the, 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 the Liverpool players that was actually for me stand out was that Andy Robertson. He was at least trying to, you know, get the ball into the other half because he knew, look, there's waivers coming upon him. And, and it's almost like everybody is doing their own thing. And, and it's like he was almost like a man alone trying to get this, you know, get Liverpool at least over into our off. 
So I mean, he was actually a key, and I mean, he's just, I mean, I, I never took much note of him before. I mean, I'm like uh, watching now closer this season, and I mean, he's actually a key key figure to them. No, definitely, and and for me, what we saw in this game was how important it is how Emre moved away from you know the cultured ball playing holding midfielder from. Mikala Teto and the Wenger days to now two ball-winning midfielders who are prepared to dig in and giving that centre-backs that protection. It was worked wonderful, actually, in a, such a high-intensity game in which Arsenal probably would have come short a few seasons back. And I don't know if you noticed also that latter part of that second half. At, at one point, you could see Liverpool almost like did not have any more like energy to do that pressing game. Yeah. And that allowed people like, like Torreira that we did that little solo run-through. Uh, and yeah, that shot uh, yeah. just saved by Ellison. We can definitely be proud of the performance, and I think um, we can only get stronger from here. I mean, Liverpool did beat Spurs away from home. They also threw to the likes of Chelsea, and they threw to City at obviously at Anfield. But I mean, I think we're up there with the best in England at the moment compared to being the also rands from a few seasons back. What? Yeah, fully agree. Competitive now. Um, then we went on to the midweek game against Sporting Lisbon in the Europa League. Um, nine changes made in the top of the table clash in uh, in our group. Uh, Lisbon coach uh, Jose Pacero was actually sacked before, like a week before. That was the guy that was still managing when we beat him there in Portugal. He was sacked. And a new manager stepped up, Thiago Fernandes. And you can see he seemingly did his homework because... The way, the way uh, Lisbon had set up, it was very you know almost like defensive minded with, with that op uh, like that option of counter attacking if need be, and I mean you could they were wait you know they were almost like trying to suck us into that false sense of security and then bang he does he does on the break every time, but that said, <clears throat> game was marred by that Welbeck injury midway in the first half, um you know with Danny attacking the ball and at the same time getting a heavy coming off like a heavy tackle. And I mean, one could immediately see his distress the minute he went down and he's like, you know, I had a look at his ankle because then you could actually see the panic and shock overcoming. Yeah. And then, I mean, for me, thankfully, you had players like uh, of Sporting and even Arsenal getting around him and, you know, like, like trying to comfort him, calm him down because, look, that can be hectic for any player because, yeah. I mean, you can hyperventilate and even pass out from, you know, moments like that. But you could see that even Nani had like almost like a calming effect on him, like you know, talking to him the whole time while the medical staff were treating him. But uh, as we now, I think I found out early on, they said he's like a broken ankle, like a you know very bad one, and that I mean that he could possibly be also the final match we could have seen of Welbeck because yeah, the, the comeback, I think that the, the recovery period is some, somewhere between six and eight months or even nine depending on the severity of the injury. And, I mean, since he's, con he's in the final year of his contract, the last half of his contract, you know, it's going to be, you know, it's a, in a way a bitter pull, but, I mean, you can see Arsenal in just, you know, allowing him to go out on a free, probably giving him that medical attention that he needs. But, I mean, I honestly don't think he will be getting any extension or something. Because he was, look, he was actually doing well in rolling the Europa League. And he was actually, you know, being that sub that could come on. He, he was a good player to to actually have, but I think uh, we're gonna have to now gonna dig in the market in January 
because we're going to need that striker that we can use as well in the Europa League, Carabao Cup and FA Cup games as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, with regards to the game now, I think also, you know, what happened, that incident that happened, and I think it also it led to, you know, uh, it put a dampener on things because the fluidity and the, that, that Arsenal spark was gone after that. I mean, it was almost like every like either. I think it, it affected even sporting because it's almost like both teams just went in through that the motions of a game, you know. So, <clears throat> of course, we were wasteful with some opportunities. Like especially Aubameyang was, you know, really guilty because there were times that, you know, all the one that's actually much criticized, Mkhitaryan, was almost like laying it on a plate for him at times, and he kept on fluffing his chances. I, I must admit, though, Mkhitaryan had a. It was one of his better games. He was like, he seemed a bit sharper and a bit faster than previous games. I I saw him in. I mean, more and more bad news was to follow because uh, Lichtsteiner then pulled up with a hamstring yeah. strain. But thankfully, I mean, I actually found out. I think this morning they say it's just a strain. It's not a a bad pull and it's not a tear. So I think he probably needs like seven to fourteen days just to you know rest that leg out. And then he will probably be back because I mean he has also been kind of consistent for us when he has come you know come on and he's also a, a morale booster of uh, of the field as well when you see how he you know urges the team on and and you know gets things rallying on the bench even. But uh, one 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 big up to Rob holding at the moment who's actually been a mainstay in our defense. It's amazing, and I mean if you think I remember I still told you I think end of last season. Where I said I think it's maybe time for Holding and Chambers to yeah. move on. Because I honestly I did not see <coughs> excuse me, you know, any real future for them. You know, like the way they were now also being managed by, by Wenger. Not you know not not that I'm like writing them all completely, but it's like you just never saw them getting it like a fair crack, you know, at at that at, at, at playing you know, regularly. And now, I mean, you look at him now under Emery, it's like, it's a, you're looking at a total different player. Like, he has a confidence. He reads the, the reading of the yeah. game is fast. And I think that is also down to the, the coaching and stuff like that. But he, I, I mean, who would have thought? I mean, one minute, uh, uh, like, if you think the season before, barely getting a game, only these forced injuries or, uh, you know, uh, like a minor game, he gets game time. Now he's like a main, like as you said, a mainstay in the team. Now he's like, you know, almost like the first name on the team sheet. But what you mentioned was key, I think it was either last week or the week before, where everybody feels like they're almost part of a family now at Arsenal, where they don't just come in when somebody's injured or when someone is like, you know, away or something like that. They, they play now, week in, week out, or every week they'll alternate. So there's that, that rotation that's happening, but the players aren't feeling that they're missing out on anything as well because they'll come on as a sub, mm. or they'll play a full game the next game. At the, every, it's just like a, one big family now at the moment, fighting for one common goal. You know, I watched even uh, some of the training session of, I think, yesterday, uh, leading like for the, the Wolves game. And you could actually... Um, look, they were trying out now different, um, you know, that one-touch plays and, and, and that one-two... Or that even a triangle uh, plays also, and you can actually see this is probably going to be our game plan now for for tomorrow's game against Wolves because that it was like you know the, the tempo that they were playing and passing it even like the likes of Maitland Niles and 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 um, Jaka and them and Ozil it looked 
when you know that, that zippy type of football, and I think that is probably going to be the key now for us, our, our old game for tomorrow. Just back to that sporting game. Um, that latter part of the game also led to a red card for sporting with Jeremy Mathieu hauling down uh, Aubameyang with about two minutes to go, uh, getting a straight red for professional foul. But of course, I mean, we fluffed it as well. Yeah. But, you know, the point enough for us to secure our place into the knockout stage after Karabakh uh, won in Vorskla. Yeah. So, I mean, that sets us up now. So, I think he will, you know, I'm not saying he's going to really take his foot off the gas, but he's probably going to, you know, try his utmost now to, to you know, let, let other players now get in there as well. That would be real, that's too, that's players. And I wonder actually how Ainsley Maitland-Niles is going to fit in because I'm actually excited to see him back in the team. I don't know how you feel about that, but I think there's a lot of potential there. And with Torreira there, I think, like I know we've been using him out wide, but I think he's a good central midfielder. Or he can learn, and he can learn a lot actually from the likes of Torreira. But you know, Aiden, um, I was actually chatting to some people on Twitter the other day with regards to... You know, where we should strengthen, and like whether it's January or summer. And I just think, you know, we should, like for me, what should actually be a kind of priority now is, you know, bring in maybe a few left-backs, whether it's like maybe a youngster and somebody that, that can now be, a, I'm not saying too established, because I just don't think Nacho is now, because I was watching even at the, the, the training session before the sporting game, yeah. You, the players were about to do stretches and, that, and then I think he did a few stretches and then he just shook his head and he walked off. Because then yeah. that was where they said, like, that's why he didn't make the cut for the, the sporting game because he would have, he was supposed to be penned in for that game. So, as I said, I think that is where we need to start, you know, thinking of bringing, you know, maybe up-and-coming left-back and maybe a, a guy that's about to eat his prime, maybe something like that. For me, I, I didn't actually... I think the left back's the one position I'm, I'm not too clued up on actually at the moment. And it's quite funny because I used to play left back at one of my positions as a footballer. And now I can't even think of somebody that we could actually slot in at the, the left back position. Because, I mean, for me, it's actually stinting our, 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 or halting our progression when we're playing now. Because yeah. all that right footed players always are going to have to check back to get. That ball, because not all the 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 um, crosses are going to be natural. Like when you see Kolasinac, when he puts zip and whip on that ball, you know that ball is going to come anywhere by the six yard box or the penalty spot. But you can see with with when it's Jenkinson or Lichtsteiner, they're always going to have to come back on the right foot to get a sort of angle in on the ball. And Montreal just coming into his own, actually. Like you know, the past few seasons he's been one of our best players. Yeah, but I think it's like with us also getting so involved in the player and that seeing, you know, his progression. But you also, one is also like kind of forgetting his age. And I think that is also now catching up to him now. You know, that with the injuries all of a sudden, you know, get stretched out longer than it, you know, where it would have been like a short term thing before with the recovery period. Uh, but I think going on to tomorrow's game, I feel it's going to be a very tough game. Will there be no pushovers this season? They've They've traveled a lot of teams. I mean, at home, I know we're playing at the Emirates, but at home they got the one-all draw to City. And even they gave Spurs a relatively a tough time. But that's all games that they played at home. But uh, I think that we we should get the three points, but it's not going to be a walk in the park. No, I mean, look, I'm glad. I mean, I'm not saying we must, you know, we're just going to walk in there and think, okay, we're going to steamroll it. Because, look, I just don't want that same sort of attitude that, 
caught us out against uh, Crystal Palace because I think that is where we also got our backsides kicked to us because we were it was a game that we could have cruised if we needed to but you know it was like silly mistakes you know ended up costing us so I just hope now they in a more focused sense of mind you know almost like do it for Danny type of thing yeah you know cause, and then get the points for us because Look, Wolves come to this game now tomorrow with three straight losses after yeah. winning their first six. Yeah. And I mean, that, that Matt Doherty has been almost like the most reliable in defense, like almost like a constant performer, whether they win, lose, or draw. Um, but I mean, they also do have some serious talent in their squad because um, the likes of, I think, that Nuno Santo, their coach, has brought in some, you know, solid talent or even experienced talent because he's brought in, let me just have a look, he's brought in Johnny from. Atletico Madrid on loan. He's brought in Roy Patricio from Sporting. He's brought on this one of this. I mean, this is actually my FIFA go-to guy, uh, Leander Diondonka from Antelec. He's probably one yeah. of the... I think he's rated very, very high. And then they got Adama Traore from Middlesbrough. They bought, uh, brought in um, Raul Jimenez from Benfica on loan. And then also Jao Martino, because I mean, he is... Always dangerous. I mean, you might not have the speed, but that mind of his, the way if you watch him in the Euros or the World Cup, and that he's still got that brain on him, you know, that, that playmaker brain. Another guy, I think, you know, I think he's quite good in the middle, like the Ruben Neves or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw him also, yeah. And yeah. In shot, and so we need to make sure he doesn't, we don't allow him that room for that shot to take place. And now for some, you know, news and side notes. Um, I don't know if you listened to that, you know, the commentary we had now nice and loud. You can actually hear the frustration growing from the Arsenal fans regarding Ramsey. Because yes, yes, yes. at times you could see he was trying to do so many things on his own, almost like thinking, I don't care what's happening around me. I'm going to just do my own thing. And, and you could see that little, <coughs> that little flicks and tricks. As, much, as good as he can, it comes off sometimes, he was doing it almost like at the wrong time. I mean, you're in a game where it's null dull and you do, you're almost like showboating with the ball. And I mean, you could see Emery was getting highly annoyed, especially the one when he ran to the box, could have crossed to Aubameyang and I think, I don't know if it was Iwobi in the box. And he tried to do this little chip around, you know, and then he almost like he just ended up being run out of the, of the pitch. And I was actually going to mention about Ramsey's because all these games that we've been doing over the past few weeks, and even now on Thursday night, um, we haven't even mentioned a performance of Ramsey that we can say, oh no, like, you know, Ramsey this, Ramsey that. And I think it's come to a point now where maybe we should cash in on Ramsey because he doesn't better our team when he really is there. Like, we don't miss him when he's not there as well. Because, I mean, my like opinion on the guy is, I mean, I love the guy. And, I mean, you remember the previous podcast, I was saying, like, you know, I really want us to keep him. And, but it's gotten to a stage now. It's like he's not really, like, as you said, helping the team. He's not, like, showboating himself now to like to put himself in the transfer window type of thing, you know, to to uh, attract suitors now, you know, to go for him in either January or offer him something big in, in, in the like, end of the season. So, I mean, for me, then it, it's not going to benefit either party if it's going to go on like this. Then we might as well. Cashing in January, then I agree, and then we can get maybe a, a wide sort of winger type guy who likes to get choke on his boots for instead of, of having Ramsey in the team. Then, you know, with regards to the Welbeck injury, there's now also something I'm going to bring up now. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, you know, uh, there's not talk of us bringing in a, uh, like either we look for a striker 
uh, like a stable striker or a winger. And one of the names that has come up now is a little, uh, a little uh, winger called Nicolas Pepe. Yeah. He's, I think, valued at about 45 million, I think, pounds. And I mean, he's like a, a Ivorian international. And I mean, he's actually now wanted by the likes of, of I think, Barcelona. Uh, PSG is also having a look at him. So, but I heard like he's being now looked at by even that Sven Muslin touch. So, the thing is, even if he plays as a winger, if we should, like, you know, if we should go for something like this, I do still think we need a, you know, a forward because look with all these games coming up, look, we still in all touch wood, all the competition. So, you know, do we really want to put all that pressure on Eddie Nakitia and Nakitia and, 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 and I, I, I seriously doubt that, that Hoffenheim really wants to let go of, of Reese Nelson now either because he's now eating a purple patch in, in Germany. So I don't think they want to now, you know, just cut ties now. Even though I think Reese Nelson said he's willing to, you know, answer the call if needed, if Emery now needs him. That could be as committed players to the cause, actually. Mm. But then what do you have any strikers that you have in mind that you think, you know, would... It was no, like BS, no. like a stopgap. I'm not saying, look, you, I, I doubt you're going to get our, you know, a mega, mega signing for now. But I, I, I don't know if a person must now think of like short term of bringing it forward to, you I know, just top of the head now at the moment. And it may be a bit difficult because he has been very injury prone. But uh, Callum Wilson from Bournemouth, I wouldn't actually mind. You know, just stopgap. Not somebody saying. Yeah, but I, heard, I don't know if you have heard that thing which I think Chelsea are actually trying to wrap up that deal already. Ah, so that that would have been actually my option, but it seems now it's gonna it's gonna be too late. But I think we need a pacey guy, just someone who can stretch the defense as well. Because mm. I mean, I just like you know, I've I've Eden Kitty. I mean, at the Norwich game, fine. He he got the two goals last season in that in the Carabao Cup. But I just think like I mean, I've seen him now in games also where he's supposed to lead the front line on his own, and you can see he does not. Have you know that in him yet? I think he needs you know people around him to you know boost his confidence. But I just think we need somebody whether it's maybe a, also a youngster, but a youngster that can actually take the game to the opponent. And I don't oh. think Eddie is up to that yet. Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean, but uh, I think a striker is always a very tricky prospect to get in the January transfer window. I think we got lucky with the likes of a Bobby Young. With him wanting to leave and him being a rough with Dortmund. Mm. Take, would you, any takers of Giroud coming back? I'd take him any day. Because <laughs> for me, you know, I watch him every time for Chelsea. And I'm thinking, you should be still wearing an Arsenal kit. Because I don't know, as much as I, I look at him in, for Chelsea, for me, he's still not like, a, for me, it's like you're watching Giroud on loan at Chelsea, something yeah, like that. I feel the same way. And I thought, <laughs> Maybe with Morata there and with the Wilson coming there, maybe, you know, we can, you know, sneak a deal in there to get you back. <laughs> Wheel and deal. Okay, so I'm going to wrap up now. Um, I hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll be back next week again as usual. And I hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully it's three points for us. Yeah, and before I go, or we go, prediction for tomorrow? I'll go 3-1 Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0. Okay. Enjoy your weekend, Aiden, and fellow Gooners, enjoy your weekend as well. Bye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? 
Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.